This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel. Chapter 2 and verse 12. Matthew 2 in verse 12, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country, another way. They departed for their own country, another way. This message is entitled, Another Way. That's the way home. It's the way back. Sometimes the way forward is difficult, but the way back should be different. It should be better. Having reached our destination, having accomplished the task, having we attended what we were supposed to be there for, Uh, It's nice to go home the lighter and the brighter with the job well done. We use the illustration now of the the box being ticked. My my heart really tonight is is to bring to you a word that will enhance your experience in the house of the Lord. Uh, my, my feeling is, and I've been thinking about this from my own personal life, I'm bringing to you something that has been of a blessing to me. Is that, is there, Lord, is there meetings where I go home the same way? Or ought to be, Lord, if I had have paid attention, uh, maybe I would have returned home a different way, another way. God is the God of generosity. When I was first saved at 12 years of age, I, I was uh, in a Presbyterian church where the minister believed that born again should belong to the gospel hall. He didn't believe in being saved. It was not a word that he would use. But there was a little group of evangelicals within the church, and I found myself in amongst them. And they would tut, and they would huff, and they would whatever, because he would preach, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But they would stop at that point. There would be no whosoever. And very much his messages were like that, and the complaint amongst the evangelicals and the prayer amongst them was, Lord, help him even to preach the gospel when he doesn't realize it. Because the desire was to see a soul saved. Early on, I wanted to find Christ. Having him found me, I wanted to find Jesus. And so it took a while, but I learned and I developed a strategy that helped me to look for Christ in every meeting. Even in a bad meeting, I've seen me go home and I've thought to myself, for goodness sake. And when I went home and when I went back into the prayer room, the Holy Spirit then would would rerun that message or rerun that service again before me. 
And there would be, hallelujah, many a signpost would have been pointing to Christ. And it's lovely, friends, when we come to the Lord. When you come to the Lord, you know you make a difference. You're part of the equation. You plus God equals blessing. It is wonderful that he has saved us, and it is wonderful that he has kept us. But oh, that he would, we could go a little further and go a little deeper. Some of us have been saved a long time, and our heart is that, Lord, I, 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 I want to move away. I, I, I don't want to, Lord, to remain where I am. It's as if our grasp on the things of this world loosens. It's as if our grip on life isn't as fast. It's as if we're being winged off this world, and we're being prepared for heaven. Not that we're going there soon, I hope. But that Christ, hallelujah, becomes central in our thinking. Many a time we had to share the space with Christ, or Christ had to share the space with whatever else we were given our attention to. It may have been the cares of this world. It may have been the worries of life. It may have been our own shortcomings and our, the habit of doing wrong or failing God, the, all of those things, and many, many other things where it seemed to be that we came to the house of the Lord. And, and, and you know, yes, on the one hand, we loved him, but on the other hand, we needed him. As the psalmist says, that we come and we behold his beauty and we inquire in his temple. There's that behold and inquire. There's that looking up to him, and then there's that asking of him for understanding and for, Lord, what's going on, what's happening? And the Lord Jesus is such that he can answer both of that. He can be more beautiful than ever. And he can speak a word into our situation, and he can help us beyond measure. And if you were to add up all of the prayers that he has heard, and all of the prayers that he's ever answered, and all of the sins that he's ever forgiven, and all of the needs that he's ever met, you would see that his hand has been bountiful in your life. You would say, great is his faithfulness, dear Lord, to me, thy faithfulness. And so we come to the house of the Lord. I remember uh, some time ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, the only time you ever come to me is when you need a sermon. You never come for yourself. And so then I, I happened to study up on it and I thought about my prayer life. I thought about my quiet time. That's what we ex-Presbyterians, new Pentecostals call it, the quiet time. I was told that now that I, I've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that I, I don't need a quiet time anymore. I should shout as loud as I can. I should sing as often as I must. I should be jubilant in the house of the Lord, and the cry of my heart should be victory, and there's a shout in the camp, hallelujah. But then... I find still waters and green pastures. I find Mephibosheth sitting at the king's table with the crippled legs under, underneath the table so that no one can see my faults, but the Lord can feed me with his graciousness. And I sought the Lord, and, and I came across a little, I just came across this little saying. I, I don't know whether I got it in a meeting or a book. I couldn't tell you the exact spot or the source of it. I just know that I came up with the word acts. So when I pray, I acknowledge. 
And when I pray, I confess. And when I pray, I thank God. And when I pray, I ask. I supplicate. And I found that my, my prayer life was enhanced just by that simple little technique. I found that when I acknowledged him, because I was coming before him with some great need, but if you're able to trail, if you're able to go back into your memory box and you're able to think about your walk with God, you would find that this is not the first time that you've brought that new, that, that desire unto the Lord or that need unto the Lord because there is nothing new under the sun. And so I bring it before the Lord. But before I brought it before him, I would acknowledge the time that he came and he met my need. And of course, then I was told to keep my account short with God. So the need for confession, the need to say I'm sorry, I felt it give me a contrite heart. I, I, I felt that indeed it indeed it reminded me of my humanity, of my own sinfulness, of how I fall short of the kingdom of God. Men may praise you, but God knows you. And then I find myself thanking God. Thanking him, yes, O oh Lord, for every answered prayer. Thanking him, dwelling on the scriptures and thanking him for this and for that and for another thing. And you know what? It was wonderful. So that by the time I came to ask, you nearly felt that there was no need, no need to ask. That already the promise was in your heart. That already the matter was settled and the, the answer was on the way. But having acknowledged and having confessed and having thanked God for it, why it was wonderful then to ask God and to say, Lord, I have need. I have a burden. I have a loved one. I have a situation at work. And oh, hallelujah. We can take it to the Lord in prayer. And so I find myself thinking about the meeting. I love the meeting. That's what it is to me. Some people call it services. Me, I, I just call it the meeting. I'm away to the meeting, I would say to Francis. Are you going? Where are you going? She says, I'm going to the meeting. It was a nice name to call it because you felt that you were going to meet with the people of God. And I tell you, a wholesome bunch that they wear. You always judge a person by the company they keep. And if somebody's coming to the house of the Lord, why, you couldn't get better company than that. We're all the same. A man one time said to me outside the church, he says, see them people in there? They're all hypocrites, he says to me. He says, they're all rotten to the core. And I says, you're right. I says, I'm their pastor and I know them inside out. And I have to tell you, there's not one good one among them. And he looked at me, stopped back. I says, hi, you've rattled that off a few times. And everybody's made excuses. But I want to tell you something. I'm just like them. I feel the Lord often. And if you lived with me and knew me, you wouldn't see a hero of the faith. You would see very much a prodigal son, oftentimes bringing shame to his name. The man was moving away at this point. And I says, you know what church is for? It's for bad people to learn how to be better. Not better at being bad, but better at being good. Then I said to him, now you must be a good person. You must be a good sinner. Because if I'm a bad Christian and I'm trying to be a better Christian, you're obviously a very good sinner. And you're trying to be a bad sinner. So I don't know if I could welcome you into our church. That's the only thing. If you came in, you mightn't be in step with us. 
The only way I could let you into the church, really, to be honest with you, because the more I talk to you and listen to your tongue there, the more I could let you in is if the only reason you could get in is, well, I suppose, if you got saved, that would help, and so the gospel was preached. See, that's what we are, friends. We're not there yet. But we're definitely a lot closer than the last time I was here. At least I hope so. We're definitely a lot closer than we were all them years ago when we first committed our lives to the Lord. Well, try to see this meeting as one big quiet time. Now, it's hard to be quiet when everybody... We sat there in stillness. We sat there as the cloud came down, hallelujah, and there was, the such, there was the hush, the hush of the Lord in our hearts. Angels were dancing and we couldn't hear them. Hallelujah. But we felt their presence. We felt the Lord's nearness. I've seen me go in into the house and into the prayer room that I have and I'm in there and I'm, and, and I'm praying and sometimes I feel as though I'm not getting through or sometimes I need to pray harder or whatever. I've seen Lee even leaving the prayer room in disgust. I thought, for goodness sake, this is not getting me anywhere whatsoever. And then I went down and apologized to Francis for shouting at her. And then I came back up again. And I was able to get through to the Lord. <laughs> Why she got this special anointing where I'm not allowed to shout at her, but she can tell me off. And her prayer life seems to be all right. But friends, every time that you come, it ought to be that whenever you come, you come making a difference. See, there's a two-part here. It is good that Christ does not come in vain. Imagine if you were hungry tonight and the Lord did not, he, he didn't come or he came in vain. He was to say to you, I'm sorry, but I, 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 I know what you have need of, but I'm not able to help you at this time. How sorry we would feel. We would definitely be going back another way. Discouraged we came through the door, but even the more discouraged if we find that the Savior was found wanting. I pray much for the Muslim. I pray much for other religions and the people that go there with sincere hearts. And often they come back the same road that they traveled, but not for the believer, friends. Or it ought not to be for the believer. And I set before you just this little train of thought that you may maybe pick it up and, 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 and journey down this road for a while. For he does put our feet on new paths. Ours is not a, a, a relationship that brings boredom with it. We, we may do the same things every time that we meet, and yet it's amazing that there's no two services ever the same. <laughs> How can that be? And if you come and you're bringing what you have to the Lord, and he comes and he brings what he has, and the two of you come together in sweet fellowship with the other believers on the Lord's day, around the Lord's table, around the Lord's word. You know, I'll tell you something. It ought to be that in those moments, glory to God, that I leave here, the richer, the better, the stronger, the brighter. Just like I look for the Lord whenever I was in a church which did not talk too much about him. 
So I find myself coming again and saying, Lord, uh, have I been a Christian for so long that it's rhetoric rather than relationship? Uh, I don't think, honestly, friends, the fact that you're here, I think you feel that this is an important element in your life, aspect in your life. I find that when we find a home church, when we get a church where this is the church where we are, this is the people that we meet with, they're more than just brothers and sisters. They're, they're off the Lord's people, and we are off the Lord's people. And it's, it's just lovely, friends, when you come in here, and yet people would preach on corporate prayer, that one shall slay a thousand and two shall slay ten thousand. But I, I would move from the corporate to the, to the personal, and I would say, when you come and when he comes, there is a meeting of minds and a meeting of hearts. And it ought to be, it ought to be, that every time that we come to the meeting, whenever that meeting is, whenever the door is open, whenever the prayer is offered to begin and to ask the Lord to bless all that will take part, it ought to be, friends, that every time, not just some of the time, but that every time that we should meet with Christ and receive the blessing of hand and heart, of his hand and of his heart, did not blind Bartimaeus cry out? Supposing he had not have cried, would the Lord have healed? The woman that touched the hem of his garment, she came behind him, and she had suffered for 12 years, but she, she touched the hem of garment, and instantly she felt healed. Archaris, who came because of his daughter, who was dying, and matter of fact, the word came back, don't trouble the master any further, for thy daughter is dead. Had he not come, she would have stayed dead. But because he did come, Christ did not disappoint. I would say to you, and in every service, and you may say, well, how do I go about it? Well, that's for you to figure out. I just come to put the thought before you that is there more, Lord? Could it be, Lord, that I can come and sit in the midst, O oh God, and that I could meet with you? And Lord, yes, have those personal experiences. Do we find ourselves praying and saying, Lord, in the worship, let it be my worship. Let it me be me, Lord, that's coming to you. And, and whenever the word is being opened and that precious spirit comes down and, and, he, and he, 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 you know, he delegates that word to whoever needs it. And, and you know what ought to be? It says, Lord, you have not come in vain, but my heart heart is full, and my heart is full of joy. I believe there's more. I believe that there's a lot more. I believe that, it, you know, it's wonderful about all the people that need to be saved, and it's wonderful about all the people that are getting saved, but why should it be that all the new people getting saved have all the joy, and we don't? Surely, surely if I am saved and I as a gentle, I'm a Gentile, I'm saved. Is it not to be that I experience with God with such a way as blessings are so much in my life that they provoke jealousy from the Jew? 
and jealousy from the sinner that they would say, you know, they've got something that I haven't got. And ought it not to be that the young Christian, where are the fathers? Where are the mothers in Israel? Where are those who are in their own ways are burying their own, our own field who are coming along their own path and others are able to follow glory to God and experience what they have known. He puts us on new paths. If I was to say to you that every time that you're to meet from here on in, not because, not putting the church under pressure, the church should just continue to do what it does. It provides the, can I tell you, it provides the table and the Lord puts on it the feast. The church is a facilitator. It's a place where you can come and sit under pastoral care. It's so that the word that is being delivered is indeed being honored according to the scriptures. It is the oversight to see that uh, if you have need of prayer, that they may, may, may fast and pray on your behalf. Oh, yes, the church is important in our lives, but it creates a facilitating. It's a creating where you can come and you, by just figuring it out, how can I get more of it a meeting? How can I meet with the Lord in a more beautiful way? How can I return another way. Oh, friends, how many times have you said that was a great meeting? I really enjoyed that tonight. I enjoyed that this morning. In the house fellowship, it just seemed to be that the glory filled the house and then it filled us. And it was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, we want more of that, don't we? It's not our, not our heart that we say, oh, Lord, fill my cup. Is it not that we say to the Lord, oh, God, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis nigh. It is that we would see this place and see each service in themselves as a moment of meeting with Jesus. I, I just love the Lord. And as I say, that's what I discovered when I was 12 that I didn't really, you know, in some ways need an unsaved man to lead me down the wrong path. And I thank God then for Sammy Workman and people like that who came into my life and who were a part of my past, but who have helped to shape me. See, whenever you're, whenever you're seeking the Lord, God makes sure that you're going in the right direction. You don't need to worry about, am I going to make a mistake? Trust me. The one who leads is the one who perfects. And that's why God has set teachers and pastors in the church that they may equip and that they may add. But, oh, friends, add to what? Add to our experience in God. You know, you, you, you go out into the shopping world and they're always looking for ways to enhance the image. They talk about enjoying the experience that when you go into a store, that the, the whole idea of Tesco's or, or Marks and Spencer's or whatever it is, it is to, is to try to meet as many of your needs as it possibly can. So they'll give you food, and they'll give you clothes, and they'll give you discounts, and they'll give you this, and they'll give you that. They want you to enjoy. They'll even have a coffee place where you can go up and have a little bit of coffee. You may not buy anything. You just might meet a friend for coffee, but they would see that as the whole experience 
It's all available. And they offer it and they say, it, it, you know, come and take pay for it. But the Lord would say, I can top that. The Lord would say, I can better anything that the world copies. I know you better than you know yourself, and it is my desire, says the Lord, that not that you come to my house, because he knows that you're going to do that. You are fine, faithful. I'm looking around at people today who are faithful in this house and in before the Lord. But I'm not speaking about the coming. There was a need when we needed to preach and say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together in the house of the Lord. There was a time when we would say, church, we need to, we need to, we're moving from a fluid song to a, a solid thing. We have to lay down some regulations, some little rules here for the benefit of all. And that was all to do with our coming. And so we said to the praise team, pray before you praise. Because you're going to come first to the throne of grace. You're going to worship God first. And then you'll get up here and have and worship God first. We will follow after you. We will come also. It's a wonderful feeling, friends, to be able to have met with the Lord. You know that there's a difference between grace and peace because he, he brings us the way of peace. Grace is something that he does to you. He, he gives to you. It's an outward thing. Grace is outward that he gives to you forgiveness or he gives to you salvation or he gives to you to help to maintain you as a believer or he's just gracious. And, and we, we sang on that tonight. But peace has to do with something that's inside. It's to do with the heart and the mind. And so God says to us, listen, you can come beyond the veil because the veil is rent in two. And if you come with supplication and with thanksgiving, if you pour out your heart before the Lord, you will and choose not to be anxious and choose not to be afraid that the Lord himself can give you a peace that passes all understanding, that will keep your heart and your mind. Peace is something that you dwell in. It's a wonderful thing. I left a fellow to the Lord last week. I just came up the front and I sat with him and he just told me he wanted to get saved and and so we prayed, and you know, I'm just looking at this guy, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, you have been around this block a few times, not church-wise, but just around the world. You could see the world in him. You can see conviction on him. And so we prayed. I opened John 3.16. I put his name in there. We said the sinner's prayer. You know, friends, I'm going to tell you something. It's the simplest way. I mean, even Jesus, when he came to getting saved, he made it so simple that anyone, anyone could get saved. And so, and I knew that my role had nothing to do with him getting saved. My role was just point out John 3.16 and become a facilitator where he could pray the sinner's prayer. But you know, I stepped aside and Christ and him met. And in that instant, his sins were washed away. In that instant, the burden of guilt was lifted off him. And I watched a visible change in that man's face. He just changed. And I went, wow. <laughs> and I found myself high-fiving him and hitting him on the back and pushing him and all. I was so happy for him. But he was more happier than I was. He was beaming. 
And the next day, I happened to be at another service, and that Monday night, and there he comes down and gives me the biggest hug out, and I thought, what are you doing in this service? You should be at that other one. <laughs> but I didn't. But he gave me a hug. He was all so happy. He was all so... You see, he came to church that morning, and he returned another way. Another way. Isn't it a wonderful thing that the Lord would say to you, come a little closer? Maybe that's why he whispers. Maybe because he needs, he needs us close for us to hear him. The whisper of God. That still small voice. It's the voice that you hear when there's no one else around. It's when you're driving your car or you're in the house or you're in your bed or whatever. It's that still vo small voice. It's that, that certainty of the Lord. Oh, it's marvelous, friends. The ways of pleasantness and the ways of peace, are they not from the Lord and are they not for each one of us? I, I just challenge you. I think there's nothing wrong with the meetings here. I think there's nothing wrong with the word of God that's preached here. I can tell you something here and now that somebody else could get up and preach that same verse and somebody else could get up and preach and somebody else, you could get 50 people to preach that verse and they could all, they could all bring something to it because the word of God is layered. It's layered. You don't, I mean, I, I've been preaching for over 35 years and I got to tell you something. I can't get to the bottom of the verses. There is no point where I'm at the bottom where I'm saying, boy, I have wrung this verse out of every blessing out of it and I have exhausted this passage of scripture. I know I read of one pastor who spent 12 years on the book of Ephesians. And he wrote about it. And you know something? He still fell short. Because as I'm reading it, I thought, but what about this and what about that? And so it goes on and so it goes on that there are others who will come with a better revelation or understanding. But God cannot exhaust this book. And so it is, friends, that every time that we come, listen, there's nothing wrong with the church. The church is here the preaching of God's word, everything that's supposed to help you to go home a different way, another way, is available. And the Holy Spirit comes and challenges us tonight and say, I can lead you to an, a different path, a better way. I mean, you see TV right now, Everybody complains that there's a lot of rubbish on it. And you know why? Because there's a lot of rubbish on it. It really is true. You're sitting flicking through it. No, flick, no, no, no. John Williamson, whom I love, uh, he has a terrible habit that when the ads are on, to flick through all the channels. So you're sitting there watching, and they watch Heartbeat. Remember Heartbeat? Remember way back in the day, eh? TV was just starting, and the first program was Heartbeat. Well, anyway, John and Christine love heartbeat, and they're sitting there, and then they go to an ad when they're in Canada, and they're just going flick, 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 fl
I mean, you get your mobile phone and you get all this stuff that's available to you, and boy, you download stuff, and you've got a little app for everything, and Mike, but it would take you years to get through it. My son says to me one day, Dad, I'm going to put some stuff on your computer for you. I'm going to put it on for you. And I looked at it. And you know, something that was about five years ago. It was when I was ill and I was five years ago. And, and then, you know what? I haven't even touched the thing. I can't get near it. It's just so much stuff. But not in the house of the Lord. Not here. Not whenever we meet together that the Lord would say to us. See, they came by faith. It took faith to leave. And I, 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 I must ask David this question here afterwards. How did they know which star? Because David loves the stars. That's why he's asked me to speak. <laughs> stars in your eyes. Hit you over the head with a mallet. Anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, well... Is it the Middle East? It's the Middle East. When you stand out in the Middle East, there's no, maybe there's no lights about, and you're looking up there, and there's not a cloud in the sky. Boy, I tell you, there's a lot of stars, though. And you're looking at all them stars, and they tell me that even in Mara, now and again, the clouds open, and you can see all the stars. And you're looking at them all, and, and I think to myself, well, how did these guys know which star it was? They not only were able to single that one star out by the revelation of God, by the way, they were able to single that one star out and not only single it out, but keep their eye upon it. And they followed it. And they went by the light that they had, friends. The light that that star gave. And whenever you're talking about moving into God or moving on with God or coming to the house of the Lord and on your own personal journey, it ought to be at the beginning, you may be starting with the light that you have. And it may not be much of a light. That's why you seek. That's why you ask. That's why you draw near to the Lord. You ask the Holy Spirit, who is the counselor, who will teach you all things. You talk to your pastor and the team. And you say, how can I get deeper? How can I get more out of the service? I don't want to miss a blessing. Glory to God. And so here they are, they're coming by faith. They're coming to a place called Bethlehem. They're coming to see not a babe, but a young child. And it must have been a wonderful experience when they were going home, that sense of fulfillment, that faith, hallelujah, that faith worked. You pray for something and you pray and you pray and you pray and then God answers it and you go, wow, I believe in prayer. You come, offering time comes, and you've got needs in your life, and you know something, you drop in that little seed into the basket, you say, I'm going to bring the tithe, I'm still going to give to God, and you give it to God, and you know what? Suddenly God just takes care of every need, he just helps you, he gives you strategies, he gives you extra help, extra financial help, and then before you know it, you know what you're saying? I believe in giving. It works. It doesn't tell us how it works. 
but it does say that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And it does say that if we draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. And that every time a miracle took place, Christ did not come in vain. And you and I can say that. You know, the Lord has come to me in many a time, in many a moment, and it has not been in vain. So the question must be, Will our coming make the difference? It used to be years ago, we don't want to go back to these years, where we're so silent in the church that the only thing you could hear was the squeaking of the elder shoes. I don't know where you got them squeaky shoes from. I always felt, you know, if I had squeaky shoes, I could be really holy. But I never find them yet. I've never found them. I've never, you could go to Reeds and say, do you have any squeaky shoes? Do you have any of them ones that go quack? And so especially when they're getting the offering and they're doing the old, you know, right, Bob? They're walking all over the place. They've got their squeaky shoes and all on. And there would be silence. You wouldn't be allowed to talk in the church, but we can. And you'd come in and everybody would buy the head and they'd say a simple prayer in their heart to prepare their soul for the meeting. They'd want to be in the right place, hallelujah, whenever the blessing came down. And we've moved on from that because some of that became works instead of grace. But that doesn't mean to say that not the reverence for the meeting, but the reverence for the Lord is why we find ourselves with quiet heart but expectant hearts saying, Lord, speak to me. I want you to have a wonderful, quiet time every day. But I can tell you that there's no better quiet time than this one. And it's the wrong word, it's quiet time, but personal time, whatever you call, intimate time, than coming into the house of the Lord and being amongst the people of God. You can just see them guys walking home. This will be me marching home, hopefully. You know, Francis, say, hi, are you? And my back will be straighter. I'll say, boy, Elijah was at the meeting tonight. David came back from his holidays. <laughs> you know, you just walk with a different spring. You walk with a different stance. When God has moved in your life, when God has spoken to you, you know, this is what happens whenever you're not well and you're bowed down. But you know, when faith, you know, when faith has moved in your heart, there's a surer step, isn't it? That having come that way and returning a different way, you're not afraid of the way anymore. You're not afraid of the path that you have to walk anymore. For faith is fulfilled. You've met the Christ child. You've met Jesus and he was only a little baby and he had that effect upon them. What must it have been like for those who met him as the man Christ Jesus? People walked away straighter when they met with God. Must have been some experience. When you see that happened and there was 5,000 men plus women filled, I'll tell you, everybody was stuffed. They all had to open the button of their tunic and go, I'm just I'm putting on weight. What is this here? Only got a morsel, but I am just full up. I couldn't eat another bit of bread. I couldn't eat another bit of fish. I'm just full up. And then they realized that they were part of one of the biggest miracles that had ever taken place in history and that it had never, ever, 
ever, ever happened before. And if they had had their phones with them, if they'd only just brought their little Samsungs with them, they could have taken photographs. This is me at the greatest miracle of them all. But there wasn't any phones. But there is the Bible. Oh, friends, it's not a wonderful thing, glory to God, that we can return to our times in our lives. And surely the purpose of coming to church is that we, we walk with a straighter back. That our heads are held high a little bit more than we have come to meet with him. And you know what? We did. We did. That, that's the joy of it. That's what we aim for. It may take you a while to arrive at that point, but I think that that's a good thing that I'm offering to you, that I'm saying to you. To, to work on your meeting in the Lord so that when you return from him, oh, hallelujah, you're coming a different person. You see, what the world offers is improvement. What Jesus offers is change. Is change. Now, change is more intricate. It's more complex than improvement. So here you are an improved person in the sense that you don't do some things and you do do some things. But a changed person is you'll never do them again. You're just not the same person anymore. You don't have the same desires anymore, the same wants anymore. You know what I mean? You're just different. Must have been wonderful. Hallelujah. To find that that hope came to pass. I tell you, faith, if faith uh, marches, then hope dances. It's just great to get a miracle. It's great to get an answer. And surely there are times when we should go out of here. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord Jesus. You know, I hope for it and I have it. Hallelujah. I hope for a word and I got it. I hope for a touch, hallelujah, and I got more than one. I hope for the promise of his word, which was to help me to look forward and the strength to keep me going until I was there. Oh, I thank Jesus, hallelujah. I thank God for hope. It causes me to dance. If somebody right now... Uh, was to get a great gift of money or something came up to them and they were, oh, by the way, that's for you. They left that for you in the will. If a solicitor rang you up tomorrow or, or sent a letter out saying, we wish to attend the offices of whatever it is, B and C, and you went there and they say, well, you know, your great, great, great grannies, uncles, friends, cats, dogs, loving person has left you a stack of money, you'd go, who, me? And you'd be all excited about it. And they would then say, well, yeah, there it is there. And they'd give you a copy of the will and they'd give you a check to go with. And I'd tell you, you'd come out of there and go, oh, it's great. Look what happened to me. I must ring my daughter. No, better not. She may want some of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you'd be all happy. What's wrong with leaving the house of the Lord in the experience of God with straighter backs, with more determination to trust him and to believe him and to obey him? What's wrong, hallelujah, with being happy because glory to God, he took away your sin. You came into the meeting hoping that he would forgive you and he did. 
You came to the service hoping that he would speak to you, and he did. And in that hope, in that moment, you can look back on that service and say, you know something, that's the place where I had, oh, glory to God, my encounter with God, that testimony, that particular song, that one line that somebody said, that whatever, you, you put it, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing, but you go home and say, you know, that meant so much to me. People have said, I'm sure, you hope you do, People have said to me in my own church, they've said, Pastor, I needed to hear that this morning. That was a great word. I needed to hear that. And you know something, I go away pleased in my heart that they were there and that they received a blessing. And Pastor, I just love this church. I love you. I love Francis. And they're just speaking so well of us. Why? Because they got what they needed as well as what they wanted. And their love was rekindled. <sighs> the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. I love the prayer meeting, friends. That's my favorite meeting. The rest of the time I'm working. But at the prayer meeting, everybody else is praying. I can sit there and have a wee sleep, because they sleep when I'm working. There's one particular girl, and she falls asleep. It's because of the medication she's on. But she's one of these people that keeps her mouth open. <laughs> Lying like this. <sighs> and I, I've gone along, and just with the mic, and I've kicked her shoe. <laughs> So I did what every other pastor would do. I stuck my finger down her throat. <laughs> I went along and I said, church, watch this. And I went, and she went, blah, 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 blah. I says, what happened, Geraldine? You're all right, you're all right. But I love the prayer meeting. I love sitting there and listening to somebody pray. And I'm sitting there going, I didn't even think of that spiritual. And they're praying like Jehovah. You know, they're really touching God here. And I love the prayer meeting, just hearing people one after another praying. And they all have their own wee styles and their all wee words. And somebody prays just a few words. But those few words are just dynamic. No sermon could cover the beauty of that language that was just three or four words long. See, I love the table of the Lord. I never know how to do the table of the Lord. You know, as a pastor, I must say I'm an awful failure at the table of the Lord. I've preached my message and I always feel, do I have to preach another one now? <laughs> and, and, you know, coming to the table of the Lord like we do every week, and I've asked others to do it, and then Francis would say, you should do the table of the Lord. And I'd say, well, we'll see, and all that there. But something I feel inadequate about, I think it's because I don't feel worthy of it. I haven't settled this matter, and yet I've been a pastor for 30 years. But I love the prayer meeting. I love the table of the Lord. I love the word of God. I love shaking hands with other believers. I love having a joke. I enjoy it. I have fun when I go to church. And they departed another way. That's what I offer you. That's what I set out before you. 
Now you have to figure out because you know you better than I know you. So I can't give you 12 steps of how to arrive at a closer walk with God. I can sing it, just a closer walk with God. But I can't say, well, because it mightn't work. But just before you were saved, somebody said to you, you know, you should come to church. You should come to hear the gospel. I know you're asking me what it is that's in me that you haven't got. Well, I, I ask Jesus into my heart, and you tell them, and you kind of give them pointers in the right direction. And then they go down that road, and they get saved, and then they're a sister in the Lord or a brother in the Lord. Well, friends, I wish I could say to you when I do this, this, and this, I got the act sorted out. But I am working on, and that's hard for a pastor because a pastor has the burden of the ministry and the responsibility for the people. And he has to keep his one eye on the Lord and his other eye on the people and the needs of the people so that he can quietly pray for them when they don't even think anyone's praying for them. But I, 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 just, I just want to go home a different way. I don't want to go home the same way all the time. And yet I love churches in our church. We don't have bad churches meetings. We don't have bad. I don't allow bad meetings in our church. They're absolutely awful sometimes. <laughs> no, they're not. But we just work on the assumption that the Lord is always there. But I still have that yearning within my heart to say, Lord, I, I want to return having come to the Lord like those of old, and met with the Lord, like those of old. And for your coming not to be in vain, and my coming to make a difference, that I may know him who is worthy of our love. Let us pray. Do you know that there's no water in this glass? Just, I know you've asked you to pray there, but it's all right. Take a wee moment. Do you know I've been sitting there thinking, I'm looking forward to the moment when I can have a drink of that water? Look, look, not a drop. See that? Oh, it's down at the bottom. You have to stretch for it. You see, the thing about it is, I would get stuck, you know, down there. Then I'd be walking out like this. Right. Right, let's close our eyes now. <laughs> Stop misbehaving. Now, nobody's been struck down because you had a wee laugh there. Notice that there? Turn around and look at your neighbor and say to yourself, I thought I was hoping she'd be gone. <laughs> He'd be gone. <laughs> let's pray. Lord, why you would want to fellowship with us in the first place is a mystery. Why you would want to be with the likes of me, it's just, I can't answer that question. I am a sinner saved by grace, but I'm still a sinner and I'm saved by grace that you would come to me and you would come to this church tonight and that you would offer us intimacy, blessings, 
improvement? No. Change? Yes. We are staggered at you, Lord, because you did so much for us, O oh God, when you saved us. You did so much more for us when you filled us with the Holy Spirit. You did so much for us, O oh God, over the years that we can't even remember all of the blessings of the Lord. We cannot even count them. They are too numerous to add up. And then we come to the house tonight and you tell us that there's, that it is in the heart of God that we should return another way. And God, we don't even know where to start. Which foot do we begin with on this path to peace, this path to salvation, this path to intimacy? Lord, we just come before you. I pray for anyone that needs healing here tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would heal uh, Lord, even those who have need of healing and, and Lord, they cannot even talk about it. They don't want to even talk about it. But I pray for them that they may be healed. Heal every single one of us, O oh God, that we may be, Lord, like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, that there would not be one feeble one amongst us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the friendship and the fellowship of it. Thank you for people, oh God, who have stead the course, who have run the race, who are still on it, still with it, still going on with God. We give you thanks. Touch those, oh God, who are troubled tonight. Help them. Touch those, oh God, who have loved ones that are not saved. Lord, save them. Lord, hear our prayer. Be attentive unto our cry. We have need of you. And there is never a time, Lord, where we could not come to the house of the Lord and not ask of something, Lord, because our lives are continually, continually in need of other things. Help us, O oh God. Bless this church. Bless these people. Thank you for what lies ahead for each one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.